I just say, Lord, you know, you're big enough to hang this world on on nothing. So uh, I think you can point me in the right direction when I get out of seminary. And I did pray for an inner city type uh, ministry. Uh, she used to working around men, so I wanted to continue doing that. And uh, I did ask that I could preach to to lost people. And about two weeks before I graduated, Dr. Gray Allison said, "Hey, somebody called about you." And you know, one thing led to another, and the Lord's had me at Calvary now almost 26 years. Welcome to this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. Calvary Rescue Mission opened its doors back in 1967 to homeless men right here in our city. Milton Hatcher was a drunk and a barber who cut hair at a shop next to Central High School, and his dear wife, Betty out of tears, out of desperation, praying to God for her husband. God heard those prayers, and Milton was saved. He came to accept Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. The story continues on because they're continuing to see lives transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Calvary. There's power at Calvary, right, to transform. Bob Frutiger is the executive director. He has been my friend for many, many years. He's been on the show. It's been too long, Bob. We were Hmm. talking. It's been I think it's been over three years since wow. we've been together. The uh, pandemic caused some changes. Brother, it's good to see you. Great to be here after so long. What's been going on? I mean, before we get into the mission part, let's let's talk about uh, Bob Frutiger and your family. Your granddaughter is here with you in the studio, not on microphone, but she's in our office yeah. while we record here. So you've got how many grandchildren now? I have four grandchildren, uh, three little stair-step granddaughters that are five six and seven we'll say and that is sadie gabby and sophia and sophia's here with me today then i've got a little grandson who'll be two in a few months his name is will he has bright red hair and blue eyes so does will have a will does he have a strong will <laughs> uh, he, he he's not too willful but uh he's a good kid oh yeah. that's great and your wife barbara and you've been married for how long boy you would ask me a hard question uh put <laughs> <laughs> you on the spot do you remember the year you were married? I I'm, believe it was 1985, <laughs> so if you can help me Okay, with so the math. I was married in 84, and <laughs> yeah. we've been married 37 years. Uh, 36. So, okay, that, that, there you go. We helped, helped you out there, Bob. Thank you. <laughs> You've been at the mission now for how long? I'm finishing my 26th year. Has it been that long? Yeah. Wow. No, I was just a kid when I got there, you know. Yeah, I mean, you had this desire at a seminary. You attended Mid-America Baptist Theological Seminary, and you, you had this desire that you wanted to serve inner-city people mm-hmm. and needs in the inner city. Why that specific call? I grew up in the city. I grew up in Dallas, but kind of inner-city there. And uh, one of my few little claims to fame, I, I actually grew up with Stevie Ray Vaughan. I don't know if I ever told you that, but we all went to school together, and he used to come to our house when he's just a kid. You know, grew up in the city. Always worked in the city. I used to be in, you know, foundry type work and worked in the city, inner city usually. And so it's just where I became comfortable. And during seminary, I rather than write a resume, which I don't know how smart that was looking <laughs> back. Yeah, I would go to the prayer room every day and I'd usually be the only one in there. No offense to anybody. But I'd just say, Lord, you know, you're big enough to hang this world on, on nothing. So uh, I think you can point me in the right direction when I get out of seminary. And I did pray for an inner city type uh, ministry. Uh, she used to working around men, so I wanted to continue doing that. Yeah. And uh, I did ask that I could preach to, to lost people. And about two weeks before I graduated, Dr. Gray Allison said, Hey, somebody called about you. 
And, you know, one thing led to another, and the Lord's had me at Calvary now almost 26 years. Bob, that's beautiful. I love that. And there's nothing wrong with preparing a resume, okay? There's nothing wrong with that. But I think sometimes we think the effort is in us. I remember in Bible college, there's divine enablement and human endeavor. And I know you realize that. But lay it before God and just prostrate before the holiness of God and saying, here I am, send me, use me however you want to, but my passion is for this inner city and our city of Memphis. Yeah, been exciting there too. You know, the last, especially the last three years, because we're in our new building now, just a shout out there to Linkus Construction. They were so good to us. Cross Concrete Construction donated the foundation for the building, which was, you know, a huge donation. Uh, Craig Martins, uh, need any concrete work done. He's a great guy. <laughs> but it's been great. We moved into the new building in July of 2018. And of course, you know, after a couple of years, the pandemic hit, made things a little bit crazy. But we love the new building. We're able to do a lot more there. I was going to say, you went from how many beds to where you are today? We were 46 beds in the old building and in the new building were 100 beds. Right. Have you maxed out? Prior to the pandemic, we were, you know, just breaking records uh, month by month. And I know we were we were at capacity, you know, several times. We were averaging um, 80 guys a day uh, for two months uh, prior to the pandemic. Hey, I want to go back to something you said when you talked about getting alone with God and just going to the prayer room and praying. It reminded me about Milton after he came to Christ he told Betty that he was going to go lock himself in a shed in the back of the house, and he wasn't going to come out of that shed until God spoke to him. Our upcoming newsletter that you can look at on our Facebook page, or uh, you can sign up for it on our website, and it, it'll also be archived on our website eventually. But if you get that newsletter, there's a story in the this edition, the December edition, about uh, exactly what you're talking about, that Brother Milton, he had prayed God would send him somewhere and uh, I think he was interested in foreign missions he had been divorced and so for that reason during that time back in the 60s you know he wasn't made an offer so he told his wife Betty he said I'm gonna just lock myself up in this building out back here behind the house and I'm gonna pray to God that he tells me what he wants me to do you know ministry wise and uh, they say you know a couple of days later he came <laughs> out and he said it God told me to start a rescue mission. So Calvary started uh, April 1st, 1967. Brother Milton went to be with the Lord, I think, about 28 and a half years later after right. that. And Milton's been on the show before uh, in the early days. What I hate is is a lot of those interviews, of course, I started in 1986 working for Radio Network and was here for about seven or eight years before we left to be missionaries overseas. Been back since 2002, but I know before Milton died, he was in the studio, but a lot of those interviews we did back then were on Reel to Reel. And so what you would do after an interview aired, you would erase that tape and reuse it. Right. And some things were transferred over to a cassette to have a documentation, but many things weren't. And there was a lot of interviews I did I don't have copies of, and that's one I've always wished I had a copy of. You know, of course, now with pictures photographs being digital you know everything's in a cloud somewhere but even photos of brother milton from back then are hard to find bob what's the current state of homelessness in the city of memphis right now well the big thing right now i would say is you know a lot of a lot of homeless people are scared because of the pandemic i mean and 
as we know, you don't have to be homeless to be scared about the pandemic, but uh, a lot of people are concerned, and I've noticed in the downtown area, you know, you go downtown, especially in the evening time, and look around, and I've noticed uh, little tent cities here and there, and more people living outside, look up under bridges and in doorways, and, but a lot of people are afraid to be in a group setting right now for good reason. I think a lot of homeless people just feel like, hey, you know, I'll take my chances out here on my own, at least if I stay away from other people. Yeah. You know, maybe I won't get sick. Has there been a, a spread with COVID among homeless people that you know about? Not that I know of, because I guess being outdoors, you know, you may be less likely to spread it if you're not around other people. But we've been fortunate at the mission, and you know, we've only had one documented case this year. Last year, when it first started in 2020, around, you know, March or April, we had a little cluster of five cases. We figured out what happened. We've been very blessed not to have any more cases except just this one. And the gentleman that had it this year was fully vaccinated. Shout out to Memphis Health Center. They have been real good to us. They uh, came over the other day and did booster shots. Mm. So we're getting those already. Bob, what adjustments have you had to make considering the COVID pandemic? Well, a lot. Um, You know, we had to social distance early on and and continue that really for some time. Uh, So that immediately, you know, knocked our capacity down when we began to social distance. We covered up our water fountains. A couple of times, like when we had that cluster that we went to what we called ground zero, and we really didn't hardly allow anybody except staff and clients in and out of the mission you know we've so church groups that typically come or ministries to come to do chapel services that was halted that was all put on hold and so we for a while our assistant director dennis rutledge and i did some of the services and then we also had some preachers that zoomed in we did some stuff by video but we continued to have chapel every night and and continue to see uh, men coming to christ but um you know it was just Things were so restricted because of the um, pandemic. Right. What are the requirements to enter the mission? Has those requirements differed from pre-pandemic? Absolutely. Like everybody else, somebody said, you know, you're you're building the plane as you're flying it. And so, you know, we got a lot of it, I think, figured out early on. Yes, now uh, we do require our clients to be fully vaccinated for at least two weeks. And if they're not, Uh, Memphis Health Center will provide that service for free. So we're trying to be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem, and, you know, help get people vaccinated. And then also uh, now you have to have a negative COVID test that's a week old or less. And I know some people are like, wow, you got to have that and be vaccinated. Well, like I said, our one case that we had this year was right. somebody who was fully vaccinated. Yeah. So what we, from what we've seen and heard, as people get a few months away from their vaccination, they become vulnerable again. Uh, there was another ministry in town that I heard about from the hospitality hub that uh, they were testing every 48 hours. So, oh, wow. you know. Now, so, so do you test on site? No, Memphis Health Center. Again, they uh, they do that for free for us. So they're doing the vaccinations and the testing, and they have done some testing on site for us. Uh, and we'll at you know let our guys know what day it's going to be, and we've had a good turnout for that. And then uh, the same thing they've done uh, the vaccinations. I think early on, 
our vaccinations were done. Uh, some of our staff went to the Pipkin building and got theirs uh, because we qualified because of the type of ministry, ministry. it is. You know, we yeah. qualified for early. Bob, I know many years ago you implemented a discipleship program as part of the recovery process. Some of those that are homeless, not all that have addictions, whether it be alcohol or drugs, but the recovery sometimes is a not just substance abuse. It can be mental recovery from living on the streets for a long time and have your life help put back together. Right. And, you know, that's our mission is uh, rebuilding the lives of homeless men. And so that's what we're all about. Uh, the discipleship program that we started uh, was in 1997, I believe, and then um, our first graduates were in 1998, and then we've pretty much had graduates every year, except probably uh, we, we have had some, I guess, in 2021 as well. Yeah, the discipleship program I started back uh, in the 90s has become, we call it Discipleship 2 now, and we also do a Discipleship 1. Uh, we were using a book by Mounts. Bill Mounts, but um, there's a, a fine young Christian man over there at Grace Evangelical Church named Will Savell, and Will and some of his um, associates put together a discipleship book, partly with Calvary in mind and some other uh, local right, ministries, right. and so we have some great mentors and uh, volunteers from Grace Evangelical Church and Central Church that help with that discipleship class. And we'll be starting that again in January. It was put on hold for some months right. uh, due to the pandemic. And how long does that class last? That one is, uh, I believe it's 12 weeks. I, I get them mixed up because we also do Celebrate Recovery, and I think one of them's nine weeks and one of them's 12 weeks. Right, yeah. yeah. So are both of those programs going on at the same time? Yes. We usually do Discipleship 1, Discipleship 2, and uh, celebrate recovery. They're on different days of the week, yeah. but we do them all simultaneously. Does Calvary go out? I know in the early days, Milton had an old hearse, and he would go pick up drunkards off the streets and bring them into the mission, you know, and share the gospel with them. Do you drive up a hearse? You know, in 2017, we were ranked the most dangerous neighborhood in the United States. So I know that's not a, a great way to recruit volunteers, but we're, we're in a fairly protected environment there. We don't get out in the neighborhood a lot. However, the day before Thanksgiving, we do a, a thing called Feed the 400, and so that's coming so, up. Okay, now so tell me about this Feed the 400. That's coming up this week. Yeah, that's coming up this week, and uh, I think we just about have all the items. I know we're still trying to find some uh, jelly-style cranberry sauce that can evidently uh, – there's a few things that are – you know, maybe sold out or hard. Okay, so to get did you hear year. that, listeners? <laughs> Jelly-styled cranberry yeah. sauce. Calvary Rescue Mission is the place. We'll give the details of how you can deliver that, but we need some cranberry gelled, or I guess it could be whole berries, too, couldn't uh, it? They, no, that's not too popular with our uh, <laughs> target group. You okay, you got to have the gel. Yeah. yeah and that's my favorite, too, actually. Yeah, me, too. <laughs> uh, so that'll be – we do that the day before Thanksgiving because we found out that's our niche – and we have plenty of volunteers for that as well. We uh, we had to limit the number of volunteers this year just because we still want to be careful, and we'll probably have everybody wearing gloves and masks. And that'll be inside, or you're going to have a tent set up? Well, what we do, uh, we usually have uh, 20 or 30 youth that come in, uh, 
Typically, they've been coming from Strayhorn uh, High School in Mississippi, and wonderful bunch of kids, I might add. They come in, they put the dinners together. Uh, it's a gentleman, Tom Sampson from uh, Germantown Baptist, who s- smokes the turkeys for us, and so he uh, delivered 25 smoked turkeys just the other day, and we'll have all that prepared and, and hot and ready. The kids will put the dinners together, and then we'll have... If we didn't limit it, we'd probably have 200 volunteers, and we love it. But because of COVID, we're being a little more careful, 100 volunteers or so. And we go to the library next door, Gaston Park Library, and uh, it's kind of our home base. We fan out into the neighborhood, and um, everybody's welcome to share their faith. You know, usually each volunteer has a dinner in both hands, and ever. Ever uh, age from little kids with their parents. There's so much going on Thanksgiving Day downtown, uh, and they're bigger events than we can hold. So we found that our niche was the day before, and uh, our neighbors really appreciate it and enjoy it. This is big. This is an annual event for Calvary Thanksgiving. And we want to make sure, our friends, if you've got the jellied cranberry sauce, we've got to get those cans to the mission. Tomorrow, actually, is the day that the event will take place because this show is airing today, Tuesday. Tomorrow is Calvary's Thanksgiving meal, so we got to get those cans down there quick, guys. Okay, now, plans for Christmas. Yeah. We want to talk about that, too, because we know our friends want to be involved with Christmas if they can. Yeah, and, you know, last year all this stuff was on hold because the pandemic was uh, going on so hard or at such a level. Okay, so this year we are doing, it's called the Calvary Children's Christmas Celebration. We've been doing this for 25 years or more, I'm sure. Uh, But I know ever since I've been there, we've been doing it. But this year, we're going to prepare bags, Christmas bags, for 300 kids. And so we're going to have two services. And each one of these bags uh, is going to be full of new toys and candy. Another shout out there, Wayne's Candy Company, because Gary is so good to us over there and provided us uh, with a well, – he has getting a pallet of candy ready for us, so thank you, Gary. This is an event we do. We actually will have a Christmas service on site, two services. So the kids – usually we start at 10, but we're going to start at 11 on Saturday, December 18th. And again, I'm sorry we have plenty of volunteers for that already, but we do need toys. That is the main thing we need is new toys, unwrapped Uh, so that we can put them in the appropriate bag because the bags are either boy bags or girl bags, and then their age is 2 to 5, 6 to 9, 10 to 12. So we want to look at the toy and say, okay, this would be good, and some of them say on there what age are appropriate or safe for, so we want to be careful about that. That's why we don't uh, want them to be wrapped. So those age divisions again are what now? The age divisions are 2 to 5, 6 to 9, and 10 to 12. And those are toys for boys and girls. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you can either get one of each. Yeah, about the biggest thing you can put in one of these bags is a basketball. So some of the boy bags will have a football or a basketball, and some of the girl bags too. But uh, yeah, some of these gigantic baby dolls, uh, if we get anything too big to go in a bag, those become door prizes, and we give out a lot of, <laughs> that's fun. Uh, we look for the best behaved boy and girl in each service, uh, and usually there's several, you know. And then um, typically we'll also have bicycles that we give out for best behaved children. So we, we go into great detail what it means to be uh, a best behaved 
child in one of these services, and the kids are all just really great, yes. and we have a lot of fun with it. We do uh, present the gospel. A friend of ours, uh, Pastor Doug Buchanan, is going to do both these services, and he is just wonderful. And so, um, but he will present the gospel, and and from our unscientific surveys, we found out we're reaching a lot of people that don't normally go to church and some that have never been to church so it is a way to share the gospel with the community Um, and i was going to say earlier this year we're starting at 11 but we'll have kids at six and seven in the morning uh, show up on our doorstep they'll be excited and ready to go you have activities for them uh yeah what we do we'll have depending on the weather if it's cold we'll have hot chocolate and cookies I mean, I've seen them bring like 2,000 cookies for this, so the kids will be good and sugared up when we get them, you know. But we'll sing some Christmas songs and have a lot of fun with it. You know, every now and then you'll get some warm weather uh, that time of year. Well, it'll be Kool-Aid and cookies if that happens. And in the past, we've had Christian bands out there and face painting and so forth. And if somebody out there wants to do something like that, let me know. But we don't have a whole lot planned other than the... And the, the event uh, is going to be December the 18th yeah. for that. But the toys now, the age divisions 2 to 5, 6 to 9, 10 to 12, boy or girl toy, needs to be unwrapped and given to the mission by what date? We'll probably put all that together no later than Thursday, December 16th. So if we can get them by then, and then usually a few things will come in the following day, and we'll incorporate those as well so if we can get them by i would say uh the morning of december 16th and some churches will put a box out and they'll put calvary toys on there they usually wait till that last wednesday night if they have a wednesday night service and bring them to us thursday morning the 16th bob what about clothing items or other toiletry items for the men at the mission not only just at christmas and holiday time but throughout the year you know we're very blessed that we get a lot of clothing we we really get we we have a surplus right now of clothing now there's certain sizes that we don't have a surplus on but um we, we have a lot of clothing and uh, a lot of hygiene kits and stuff like that, so I don't want to advertise that need uh, inappropriately because uh, there may be others that need items like that more than we do right, right. now. Well, and the main concern or the main emphasis uh, on today's show or, you know, is uh, the cranberry sauce, uh, the jelly cranberry sauce for the Thanksgiving meal that's going to be served tomorrow at the mission. And so if you've got those items, those canned cranberry jelly <laughs> items please get them to the mission this afternoon in the morning at the latest you know for that meal also these toys need to be delivered to the mission unwrapped by thursday december the 16th and those are greatly appreciated yeah, the toys is really the big need because you can just imagine i mean for 300 kids we're throwing christmas for 300 kids yes and so we want everything to be new and uh, nice and the Lord's always been good uh, through His people, you know, to, to make this happen. Yeah, we do all this at no cost to the mission. Um, volunteers, you know, help with the work. We've mm-hmm. got some fantastic yeah. people that have been faithful to come every year, and, yeah. and uh, we get a few new people every year as well. But, uh, you know, everything's donated so that there's no cost to Calvary, but it's something we love to do. Bob, what about Robert's famous fried chicken on that once-a-month yeah. lunch? Is that going to be rescheduled? That is. We do have a service that's coming up, and that will be uh, – normally that's first Tuesdays every month during the 
the school year, September through May. Uh, this will be second Tuesday in September because of the, the holiday that's close by, the first Tuesday. Second Tuesday in January will be our first one. And uh, we'll, we have a great speaker lined up and, and a great singer. Uh, I know Linda Smith, a uh, former member of Central Church, is coming all the way from Birmingham to sing for us. Nice. So, And uh, Danny Crosby. Uh, some people yeah, know him. I, know from Danny, my, yeah. I think yeah. he's with uh, – Yeah, he said Hope Press, yeah, their singing yeah, team over there, yeah. and does singing all over town. And he's been on the show many times. He's got an incredible testimony from yes. the Lord. He is just fantastic. And um, I know we had to cancel our banquet this year, and he was going to help us with that as well. But he will be our speaker for this luncheon that's coming up in january and what time is that we start serving at eleven thirty. now we have people that get there at 10 o'clock 10 30 <laughs> you know they're afraid that chicken's gonna run out you gotta try it friend there's nothing like robert's famous fried chicken i'm telling you that right now is robert and, uh, doing well robert's doing well one of the kind of celebrities that you know we heard a few years back they said hey did you know peyton manning's father-in-law comes to your luncheons <laughs> what <laughs> but uh bill thompson if you're listening shout out to bill he uh He's been real good to us and been a great help to Calvary, and you might even get to meet him at one of the luncheons. All right. Bob Frutiger, thanks so much, my friend. It's always great to see you. Please, let's stay regularly in contact. We'll do more programs. Always like getting together with you, my friend. Same here, Byron. (laughs) God bless you, and we're so thankful for the people of Memphis that are so good to Calvary. What is the website so folks can stay in tune? You have a Facebook page, too, I believe. Yeah, I mean, uh, either one of those, just like you can Google Calvary Rescue Mission Memphis and boom, you're there. Or just go on Facebook, Calvary Rescue Mission, and you're going to find us real easily. All right. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. And when the nutrients that God makes are depleted from your body, you will die. And I have no idea how long that's going to be. I have a tendency to overwork myself because I want to prove I'm worthy of people's love and attention. That's definitely a trap that I'm struggling with. The cutest little carousels with... Um, Swimming with, fish? The, well, no, they're the... Seahorses. <laughs> Seahorses! Seahorses! <laughs> think yes. of that, it just left my mind. So what I had in my living room over this series of meetings were highly functioning within the church culture biblical illiterates. So critical race theory is a a way to destroy this country, destroy the family, and destroy the church. Mid-South Viewpoint is people telling God-sized stories from all walks of life. Listen Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 3 p.m. on AM640 or anytime with the Bot Radio Network mobile app or on Spotify and iTunes podcast.